G'day, and thanks for tuning in to Eddie Thingos. I'm your host, Edwina Robertson, a.k.a. Eddie, and this show is brought to you with the intention of sharing interesting stories, experiences, and conversations from, well, mostly normal people. In a time of witch hunting for speaking your mind and sharing your opinion, I ask all my guests to be transparent in sharing their experiences with limited political correctness. As a heads up, you may find some content uncomfortable or even offensive. This podcast does contain adult themes and language, so I suggest it's not listened to in the vicinity of little ears. If you love it, I'd absolutely love it if you tell your friends and help grow the show by leaving a review and rating. But let's not delay. I've got a lot of questions to ask and there's many things to say. Jess Purse, thank you for joining me on the show today. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. I'm delighted you reached out to me (laughs) because you have quite an interesting story. I think so. I you are self-nominated when I when I put a call out to go. Hey, does anyone know anyone with an you know a, a mostly normal person with a mostly a story. normal story? You went. Oh yes, I do. <laughs> I hope you find it interesting. I, I can't wait to hear more about this. Yeah. And just to let listeners know, I don't delve too much into people's stories before interviewing them. So pretty much everything you're going to share with me today, I I won't have heard. No, no. or no, no, you won't. So this is this is new information to me as well. So I can't wait to hear your story. Oh. Let's set a bit of a scene though. Who is Jess Purse this day in September 2023? Who is she? Where does she live? What does she do? What does her family look like? Okay, so I am a city girl who ended up um, marrying a country boy. So I went out west to teach. Um, I got placed out at St George, and two weeks later I met. Charlie, who is now my husband, and we have three teenage kids. Uh, we live on his family sheep property. And how old are you, Jess? Now, yes. um, 45. You're 45, so mid-40s. Yes. Teenage kids. Yes. Your eldest is? 18. And your youngest is? Just about to turn 15. 15. Yeah, yeah, right. So, you know, they're becoming independent, growing up. Soon they'll have left school. Yeah, they're at a great age. Yeah, lovely. And what was your childhood like? You So you told me briefly that you grew up in Mwoolambar, yes, which is in, you know, northern New South Wales, just north of Byron Bay, sort of just south yes. of the Gold Coast. Yes. So what, were, what was that like? Well, really great as well. So I was born in Queensland and then my parents moved to northern New South Wales where they had friends as, and I went through primary school and high school and we lived on a farm. In, I mean, a farm, very different farm to what I live mm-hmm. on now, much smaller, more like a like a hobby, hobby farm. sort of farm. And we had rainforest on both sides. It was actually a really lovely place to grow up. So I did all of my schooling in Mwilambar. Now your childhood. Yes. What did your, what was the dynamics of your family? How many siblings did you have? Tell me about your parents. Yeah. Uh, so in our um, core family, uh, there was my mother and father. Key, key word, <laughs> core. <laughs> But I have my mum and dad and I was the eldest of three siblings. So I have a younger brother and a younger sister and we all grew up together. Um, yeah, so it was just a very normal, a very normal childhood yep. really mm-hmm. by general standards. Mm-hmm. And were your parents 
Like, did they are they still together? Are they no, divorced? No. What's their situation? Um, my parents divorced um, in the year after I got married. Okay. They separated the day after I got married, divorced within the year after that, and have both led very happy lives without each other moving forward. My father has remarried a lovely woman, and mum has led, she's a poster child for single women. <laughs> she's living her best life. She's living her best life. So she's taking that freedom and really run with it. Oh, absolutely. Yep, absolutely. It's And I think for both my parents it has been a positive thing, not being married. Yeah. I think for many people that's the case. <laughs> I've only done a few of these interviews that I'm – there's a lot of – it's funny. Yeah. Pretty much every single person who's sat in front of me so far yeah. has had divorced parents. Yeah, and I think, you know, the key to this is – I don't know about the people you've spoken to, but, you know, when a marriage ends, it can be horrendous. Like there are truly, truly awful parts to that happening, and I think that's a natural course of events. But um, how you deal with it makes the biggest mm. difference. And in our family – and when I say our family, I mean my mother and my siblings we Mm. laugh about it and I think if you can laugh about it that's the key to moving forward in a really positive way I don't think my dad I don't think he sees the funny side to this story as much as we all see the funny side this story is the story you're you've nominated to share with me yes what has happened what is this story that your dad does not find any humor in no but it's hilarious for everybody else okay so I do need to give you three um, context situations just to before I start the story and the first one is that I grew up in tropical Queensland up north and we spent a lot of time as a family going out to an island just off the coast and my dad played in a band um, he's a musician amongst other things but that's his passion and so a part of my childhood was heading out to this island and he would play in a band and you know, we'd have like little weekend getaways as a family. And that's a core part of my childhood memories going out to this island. That sounds like a lot of fun. It was so much fun. It was a like it was a really great way to grow up. And that was before we moved down into northern New South Wales, obviously. Mm-hmm. Early part of my childhood. And then after that as well, I was an exchange student, which is the other important precursor to this story. So when I was 19 or 18, I did a youth exchange to Belgium. And then the third part of the context of this story is I suppose before I started, it really begins when I was about eight. And I was living in northern New South Wales at the time and my mother, I distinctly remember, had some friends visiting. And you know when you're a kid and you know that parents are talking about something that you probably shouldn't be listening Mm -hmm. to? And so I was hiding so I could hear them talking. And it wasn't – there was no one was upset or angry, but I remember them talking about like this child, uh, a baby, Um, that had been born and the conversation's tone was like serious but these women were um, not laughing but making jokes about my dad and so I I was too young to put all the pieces together but I did walk away from listening to that conversation going there is a baby somewhere out there that has something to do with my dad like I felt like I knew that there was another baby that was not my brother or sister and were were these other women friends do you remember were they friends of your mum yes good good friends okay so old friends yeah so it was kind of like they were almost like ganging up on your dad a little bit like so I think they had this um information that they wanted to share with each other. I mean, you know, this is pre-internet. So this is mm. women just sort of going, hey, listen, what's what ended up happening with this thing? And obviously I'm eight and I've come in halfway through the conversation, so I didn't get the background. But the tone was, there is a baby 
another child that's not my mother's child and the tone was also I could tell mum was upset so I wasn't I knew that I wouldn't be allowed to ask her about this I knew that it was something that I could never yeah it was adult it was adult adult conversation conversation that I had overheard it wasn't for my ears and so that was when I was about eight and that was the end of it that was I walked away and in the back of my head because I'm a bit of an inquisitive person um I suppose I spent like the next 10 years in the back of my head going, there is another child out there. And so I, that, that conversation that you overheard stuck with, stuck with you. Yeah. I think, I think, look, <laughs> I'm not a parent, but I think parents, and I know that your, your parents probably didn't, yeah. weren't aware that you overheard no. this conversation, but I think they think we're silly as yeah. kids. D- you know. I remember things from four years old. Like, yeah, just, I don't remember actually what I did this morning. I have a terrible memory. I'm, I, I don't know. I, some days I think I've had a stroke or something like that. Uh, but I can distinctly yeah. remember things from f- three or four that people would think that you wouldn't remember. Yeah, yeah. So I think to any parents out there, yes. never underestimate what your children will or will not understand. And like you said, you, yeah. you understood the tone of this conversation of these women and your mother with your father. Yes. So, and and that tone was such that for 10 years I couldn't bring it up. So. Were you scared? um, I was afraid. I was afraid that if I ever asked about it, that it would upset mum or cause some sort of drama in our family. And, you know, when you're that age, I suppose you catastrophize everything. And so I was like, what if it's the end of their marriage? If I bring mm. this up, you know, like so you weren't scared of getting in trouble. No, I was. You were just scared of actually doing some damage to to our family. the family. Yes, yes. So I think you more so than the tone, you kind of understood yes. that whatever had happened wasn't being spoken about yes. because it could really <laughs> was, stir some yeah, stir abs- some trouble. Absolutely, that's exactly what it was. So you know, um, for ten years, I mulled over that. And wondered, and you start to think things like, well, where is this child? Who is this child? And I suppose. Did you ever ask your siblings? No, I, I don't remember asking them. Like, I kind of, maybe I did, but like, it wasn't a thing. Like, it wasn't something. It wasn't a core, core no, memory. A core, that's not a core memory. So I suppose that doesn't really matter at this stage. I do remember talking about it with friends at school. I remember being like, I have another sibling. And it was weird to me that, because I suppose our generation too, we talk about stuff. I mean, here I am on a podcast telling <laughs> my family's deep dive. Yeah, secrets. and it's, so you're telling a stranger and effectively a lot of, you know, a thousand strangers who will listen, yeah. listen into this. So, And, and I think we, do, we talk about stuff, mm. but there is a generation of people before us and many generations before us who don't talk about this stuff. So in my head, I'm like, why are we not, why are we not talking about this? This poor kid's out there and she could, or he or she, I, I remember hearing it was a she, and I had overheard a name. Um so there was a name that was also a core memory in my head that I'd overheard that I associated with this child. And I'm like, this girl is out there and she doesn't know where we are and we don't know where she is. And then I suppose I start thinking things like, well, what if my brother gets married down the track? And what if he meets this girl and marries this girl? <laughs> you know, like, as you get older, you start feeling yeah. really going, this is yeah, messed up. You, this you, is messed yeah, up. Yeah, yep. So I got more and more curious, mm. but there was nothing I could do about it. I mean, we're pre-internet here. So, and I didn't really have anything. I had one name, a first name. So where, where do you, and it was a fairly common-ish name. So I'm like, well, where do you go with that? Um, so I let it go. And then I did my youth exchange, as I said, to Belgium. 
went and did my year there and came back. And then when I came back, I was contacted by Rotary. So I'm 19 at this point, nearly 20. And Rotary said to me, can we get you to come to this pre-camp for kids who are going overseas on youth exchange? We need you to come and speak to the kids going to Belgium to give them a bit of a, you know, a heads up what they can expect when they go to Belgium. Yep, that's great. Love that. If there's one thing I love more than doing a youth exchange, it's coming back and talking about the youth exchange. So we're in um, northern New South Wales, literally in the middle of nowhere in this retreat up in the hills. Like it, it, it's the most obscure place to have a camp. And there would have been, I mean, maybe, maybe under 100 kids there going off to different countries around the world. And I was there just to work with the kids going to Belgium. And I remember sitting at breakfast um, with the kids going to Belgium and had a lovely breakfast talking to all these kids and we got out, did our business and went about the day. And then later in the day, I had this girl come up to me and we all had name badges on. So, you know, I've got my full name on a name badge that I'm wearing and she has her full name on a name badge. It was a sort of a down point in the day and she came up and she said to me, hey, listen, um, I've just, you know, I've been looking at your name badge. I don't suppose your dad is... And I said, yeah, 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 that's my dad. And in that area, my dad was a driving instructor at the time. So I used to get people come up and be like, oh, is your dad a driving instructor? Can you give me his phone number? I need driving mm. lessons. You know, we're in that age group. So I'm thinking, I say to her, oh, yeah, he's um, the driving instructor. Did you need contact information? Mm. <laughs> and she said, uh, no, did he used to play in a band on this island up north? And she said, oh, and she gave me his birthday. It was his birthday, something rather. I thought, this is really bizarre questions. Yeah, how would she know all that information? <laughs> You'd been living in Wollombar yeah. for quite a period of time by the time you were sort of yes. 19, 20. Yeah, you know, like a good 10, 12 years mm. at that point, probably longer. And, yeah, so I, my head goes straight from this girl wants driving lessons, which is pretty normal, um, to how does she know this information? Like, so she's just asked me, you know, yep, is this birthday? And so I had this moment in my head and like literally it happened in a flash where I'm going, oh my God. And so I looked down at her name badge because in my head I have this quick little, this might be the kid, but her name badge didn't match the name that I'd put in my head for the last 10 years. So I'm, I mean, we're talking, this happens in a split second. So I look at her name badge and straight away I look at her and I just say, your name isn't Jane you know, which is not the name, but your name's not Jane. And she said, that's my middle name. And I was like, oh, my God. And I just knew straight away who she was. Like it all just made oh. sense. <laughs> anyway, so she says to me, like I've got goosebumps even. Oh, yes. <laughs> so she's, we've just figured out, like we both know. She goes, do you know, like, do you know about me? And I was like, oh, my gosh. So we both start crying. We are just crying, crying, crying. So we run off into this little room and she's firing questions at me. She is, you know, like I have every time I've met someone called I ask their age, I ask whatever because I need to make sure I'm looking for that. And she had spent her life. So she was 18. So she was younger than Younger you. than me. She's a couple of years younger. Now, I, I'm the oldest sibling. Yes. <laughs> and I have younger siblings. Yes. Was she, did she fit in between you and your middle sibling no, or younger? No, she fits between my middle, middle and youngest. And younger sibling. Yep. Okay, so your mum and dad have had two kids. Yes. And then <laughs> has had another child somewhere in there. <laughs> he did have another child somewhere in there and here she was standing in front of me. So we're in this room crying and, you know, she's firing questions. Bang, straight away she knows. And I'm saying to her, where do you live? I just wanted to get 
as much out of her as I could at this time. So we go and get a pen and paper and we are swapping details straight away. We are phone numbering, getting addresses, everything. And was she living in Mwillimbar no, at this time? No, not Mwillimbar, but south of Mwillimbar. And she said to me, um, and of all the countries in the world, she was going to Belgium. So I had had breakfast with her mother. And so my brain does this big, oh, my gosh, I've just had breakfast with the woman who my father had had an affair with. And it felt really yucky. But then at the same time, I was so excited that I finally had found this girl. Like I hadn't even tried. And here she was right in front of me. So realistically, the universe had gone. Yeah. I'm just going to place her here. Like there's too many things that have aligned. And I think maybe this is going to be sound a bit woo-woo, but energetically, in your mind, you'd been sort of like almost yes. manifesting yes. this situation. You wanted to know about her. Didn't know how to do it. And then she was also looking for her father. Yeah. The fact that she came up and said to you, is your father Is this his birthday? Yeah. Did he used to work yeah, on a band on this island? Yeah. Like she clearly that had been in her past and she had been manifesting that for herself to, to bring that in and find that person. Yeah, absolutely. I, I fully believe in that. Now let's get into a little bit of detail yeah. about this girl. Did she look like you? No, she does not look like me. And her mother is actually from a country where she would not look like me. <laughs> you know, there's too much. Um, I think her mother is Japanese. Okay, so her mother's Japanese. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, she um, she didn't look like me. If you're not yeah. able to share yeah. her name, yeah. can we maybe just give her? Ja- let's just call her Amanda. So Amanda's mum's Japanese. Yes. Is there any resemblance in, like, mannerisms? No, so or absolutely No, nothing. so no genetic. At this stage, there's not. And I am... You know, I had enough information that I believed at that time. And we are, again, I keep saying before internet, but that's big because you can't just get on the internet and do a quick little Google search on someone. And I had enough information that I truly believed this girl believed that she was my dad's child. And she had grown up, I mean, half an hour down the road from me, which was not northern Queensland or, you know, tropical Queensland. She hadn't what, grown up there. What year was this, sorry? Uh, so I went on exchange in 95, so it would have been like 97. We sat down in this room, we've swapped details, we're having a quick chat about what we'd known, the information, where we'd come from, what was happening in our families, just enough basic details. And then I just had this crushing realisation that um, my life was going to change again. So that same feeling I'd had as an eight-year-old going, I can never talk about this. I've just found this child, so I have to go home and tell someone. I have to, you know, the bubble we were in at that point in time, and we're... Did you connect with her mum at that event no, too? So, her uh, so you've had, had breakfast with her, but you haven't then gone no. up to her and gone, actually, no. you had an affair with my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Amanda had obviously gone back and told him, I mean, you know, we're crying. People come out and they're going, oh, my God, all the Rotarians, oh, my gosh. So other people at the event. So they've seen us crying together and like, yeah. oh, Youth Exchange, it's so powerful, <laughs> you know, the way you connect with people. I'm like, mate, you have no idea. <laughs> No idea. I mean, Rotary Exchange is life changing, but I think this just yeah, that is that is next level life changing. So yeah, she's gone off. She's dealing with her mum. She's doing that, and I am processing. Oh my god, this is it. I'm going home from this camp, and my life as I know it is, it's over. Why did you feel it was over? I just thought, what's going to happen now that she's a real person? You know, like in my head, I'm. Did did it give you some validation? You know, when you're a kid, sometimes you get you just. You yeah. get a little bit of information and you do sometimes conjure up stories or you maybe like exacerbate things or exaggerate yeah. things. I think what you said before it was it was less about validation and more about like I had this feeling of um, 
and I didn't know the word manifestation at the time, but like, I have done this. You know, I had this, <gasps> look at me, I've done this. Of everyone in our family, hello everyone. I've, and it was like a, not a win, but a win, it was a win. It was a, I've done what I wanted to do for 10 years. I have found this child. And I wasn't angry at her. I was, I was never angry at this child because it's not her fault. She never, she never chose this. But I really was genuinely concerned that when I went home and said to my mother, I found this child, what would that, what would that mean? Like, would mum want to leave? Did this girl want to be a part of our family? Like, There's a lot of power in that decision. Yes. Yeah, so and you were 20? 19, like 19, 20. 20. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I wasn't living at home even, but mm. I don't know. You still, I had younger siblings and I just, you know, what does this mean for them? You were holding the weight of your family's yes. future potentially. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a big decision. So I drove home from this camp and I got back to my parents' house and at that time mum was actually up visiting her mother so she wasn't even at home. And I walked in the house and dad was there and straight away I started crying because I, I just thought I have to have this conversation that I don't even know how to have. So I, literally I can't even remember the details but I sat down and just said, listen, I've found this child and she claims to be your child um, and I gave him the details that I had. And I thought he would be, I thought dad would be like a little bit guilty and, you know, tail between his legs. And he just was so proud. Like, um, I'd say, pr- I'd say it was pride, which was not the reaction that I thought I was going to get. It was like, oh, wow. Did you get her contact details? Did you? Do you think he was trying to pretend he didn't know about it or something? I just don't... Was it like trying to hide the fact that he knew or... I don't even... That is, that is not a standard response, right? No, but it was like it wasn't tail between the legs. Whatever mm. I thought it was going to be, it was not that. It was the opposite of that. And it just really threw me. And so I got on the phone to mum and I'm telling her and, you know, she had this resigned, this was going to happen one day. Like I knew this was going to happen one day and I'm sorry that you had to have this happen to you. Um, and she came home from her trip away and we started dealing with it as a family. And then I th- I thought Dad would be like, she doesn't exist to me, it's fine, this thing, this child is not a part of our life. But no, we went down, Dad was like, I want to meet her, I want to see her. So I went with Dad in the car a few weeks later and we went and met her together. How was that interaction? Ah, uh, like, good. It's all been really positive. The whole thing has been really positive, which I suppose helps you when you're trying to move forward in this. But there was a lot of confusion for a long time because I suppose then I went from excited at having found her to, like, why is he welcoming this child into our family? I mean, I wanted her, it sounds selfish, I wanted her in my life to a certain extent, but, like, I just, him welcoming her with open arms was not not what I thought it would be. Do you think it's him trying to go, okay, like, backpedal a bit and go, like, he obviously knew he had this love child. Yes. And had obviously denied it. You denied it, but then went, oh, I'm going to be the good guy now. (laughs) Like, you know, if he hasn't done anything until that point to to reconnect with her or find her and hasn't actively gone out of his way to connect with her and then she's come into your life, you've connected, you've gone, hey, Dad, found your love child. (laughs) (laughs) She's 18 now. Uh do you think he went oh, like there's so many there's so many ways that could have been seen he could have it, yeah it, it, like how do you read that or knowing your dad and and obviously him being your father yeah. 
do you think that was him going, oh, okay, I, I'm, yeah, I, I, am I the good, I'm the good guy now? I think there was a lot of I'm, I want to be the good guy here. And I think more of that was about getting her to like him. From your knowledge, do you know, had they ever connected since no, she so was then found conceived? Out, so once all of this came out, then mum starts telling her version of events, which mm. was when uh, we were still living up north, a card came to the house. So she would have had like a one-year-old baby, her second child at that time, my brother. A card came to the house and it was a birthday card addressed to my father, but it said, happy first birthday, dad. Like, you know, the, the mum had reached out and said, you've got this baby, which is when he found out. But my mum had opened the – so she, that's how she found out. So he'd never – did he know? He never. He, no, so did, he, did, never, did. he never said, hey, listen, there's this baby. He, he, he found out when uh, – well, he probably knew. Who, who would know? Like maybe she Well, he knew him. he'd had an affair. He knew he'd had an affair. Or maybe didn't know that well, he, a baby so had, had been said conceived. that he had denied it for – yeah, I know there was no affair, there was no affair. But once he was busted <laughs> and the card came, then it was like, okay, like there's been an affair, but, you know, it's probably not mine. <sighs> or it could be somebody else's baby or whatever it is, you know. Like there was a lot of that. But that's why I think it's so shocking that it was like, okay, well, she's mine and she's here and it's okay and we're all good, which was just not the reaction. That I got. But how, how did your mum handle that? Oh my gosh! So because that would, yeah. okay. A I know the yeah. affair came out a yeah. lot, like a year after she Amanda was. was born, but then kind of, you know, there's been a few jokes and a few conversations about it throughout your life, and then Amanda, hey, Amanda's popped up. <laughs> she's just come out of the woodwork. She's popped up. She's yeah. living in your community. Yeah. You know, she's going to Belgium. She's doing exactly yeah. the same thing yeah. that you are, Jess. Yeah. Like you kind of, I know, very, very corresponding kind of life. When when this all came yeah. out, when you were sort of twenty, on our family it was tough, and there have probably been a lot in our family, a lot of, you know, ups and downs. And for whatever reasons, she stayed in the marriage at that time. And there's a bunch of reasons why. Does that suit everyone? Probably not, but that's the way it worked for her at that time. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, it, it was a really difficult time. So, it was tough. It was awful for all of us. How did you feel about your dad? Ah, uh, look, we've struggled. We have struggled with that. Do you have a relationship yeah, with him Yeah, I do. Today? I do. And I think the thing with dad and I is you can go two ways when something like this happens. You can um, be angry and hold a grudge forever, which only is going to, you know, he's not going to lose sleep over that, but I'll lose sleep over it. Out of all my siblings, I question dad the most. And he knows that about me. Like, but that's helped us move forward. So, you know, I don't think there's any bad feeling. I mean, it, we're talking, I'm 25 years down the track. So I've had a lot of time to heal. And in our family, at the start, whilst this was just the most awful, awful thing to have happen at the time, it's actually brought us a lot of joy and laughter now. Like when we say to people, oh, you know, if someone said, oh, I saw someone who looked just like you down the street, they're like, oh, that could be a sibling. Tell them to get a ticket and get in line. <laughs> Do you think that's the only affair your dad's had? I don't think it was. But, um, you know, that's his story and he, I know it probably isn't, but this was the one that produced the child that we... That you know of. That we know of. And, that you know, he we, even knew yeah, of. and he was married before and I have two beautiful older half-sisters as okay. well. And so we have this family now where we just, I don't know, you have to joke about stuff like this mm. because, you know, if I did a flash forward just to wrap up how, how this has all ended up, the internet came around and so, you know, you add. I added her on Facebook because it's a great way to keep in touch with people 
without having the pressure of keeping in touch with people. So I could see photos if she posted or whatever. So we've kept in touch on and off over the years and caught up and my mum has met her and she's lovely. And that kind of, I suppose, for about 20 years, we, d- we did a fair bit of corresponding in the beginning and then life got in the way and she's, I, you know, I don't really know her. So she just was a Facebook friend who sat there. But then last year, Dad was down in Sydney and he said, Dodge, you want to come down to Sydney? We'll go catch up with bunch of family so I took my husband and kids and we all went down to Sydney with dad and his wife his new wife we invited Amanda and her family to come and have a big lunch with everyone I hadn't seen her for about 20 years so I said before did she look like me no because her mother is Japanese so 20 years later though this woman rocks up at the lunch and she looks more like me now just her eyes for years you go about maybe she's not his maybe we should do a blood test and maybe you know there's always that maybe but when I saw her I was like I mean considering you've got a Japanese mum you actually look a lot like me Hmm. and I had my kids there and you know we're driving down to Sydney and I'm telling them this story because they need to know this story so they didn't know I mean how do you tell your kids also (sighs) granddad is (laughs) a philanderer (laughs) Yeah, I've got, you've got another aunt. <laughs> so we're telling the story and she's got little kids. How did your kids respond to I that? I mean, they found it interesting, shocking that their grandfather could do this, but mm. like fascinating that there's family out there. And that's this generation, you know, we're all just interested. So she bought her little kids and that's different because my kids are teenagers. So you can tell them and you can have a joke around with them, but her kids are little. So she's trying to tell them, and I, I really feel for her, that this is family and try and explain that she's the product of an affair. You know what I mean? That's a different story to tell kids. Have you ever delved in with her how it's affected her life? No, it hasn't affected her at all. I think she found us at a time that gave her clarity and answers that she needed to move forward. But then there's, you know, the next generation. When your kid's there and you have to say to these little kids, this is my biological father, no, he wasn't married to my mother. No, they were never together. You know, like, I mean, my kids would get it now, but it's not an easy story to tell people. Like, I can say, oh, you know, my parents were married or whatever. Or they loved each other for a period of time. And I can't even fathom what it would be like having to tell your kids mm. that you are the product of mm. an affair. Well, imagine telling your own kids, like saying, yeah. Charlie had an affair. Yeah. Your husband, Charlie. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Hey, like, your dad had an affair. Yeah. And. <laughs> But having said all that as well, like, you know, this had a happy ending. Like I've got this woman in my life now and she is lovely. So for all the bad parts of this story, she's just a beautiful person. She's got a gorgeous family. She's never been an interference in our life. It's nice catching up with her. She's super smart. And I kind of think now for all the negatives, there's a lot of positives. How do you think it affected your mum? Um, Like we laugh about it. At the time, it was this was traumatic. It was traumatic Mm. for our family. But, you know, that's what makes you who you are. So I think, you know, like clearly they're not married anymore. So you said they separated the day after your wedding. How old were you when you got married? 26. So why that day? I mean, this was a catalyst, you know, when when this sort of thing happens and your kids are older, I suppose it makes it easier for you to leave a marriage. Mm. So Your mum still... Hung around for like an hour, six or seven years. I think she really wanted it to work, and she she loved him at that time. You know, like, and it's not always easy to leave a marriage, but you know, she did whatever it took, and then it probably took another six years. But then, obviously, that marriage was never going to work long term. I don't think a marriage Mm. can. 
I mean, maybe some marriages can and do, but their marriage definitely couldn't. And I think she had a lot of support from her kids to move on and live her best life. Mm. It just n- took that amount of time to get her there. When this all came out yeah. and Amanda rocked off into yes. your lives, do you think there was parts of you, like your siblings and yourself, and that you're all like, oh, dad's a dick for doing that? Like, yeah. were you kind of like ganging up on him? Like, you Very know? Much so. Very much so. It's okay, mum. Yeah. Like, how did that dynamic of- exactly, like Exactly like mm. that. Um, there was a lot of support for her. But, you know, surprisingly, my mum has never held a grudge against Amanda. Right from the start, I remember her encouraging dad and saying, you know, now that this girl's found you, you need to, mm. she's going to have questions. You need to make an effort. You need to, this is not her fault. This is your fault. So you need to go and do what you can to support her through this. So my mum was always the one pushing dad to go and reconnect. Reconnect. Not I mean, obviously not she's not part of our family. She never wanted that. But mum was always positive about that child. And she had a lot of support from us because we were very much like, Dad, come on, this is a bit of a dog act. <laughs> Just a bit. <laughs> But we were, st- I mean, I was the oldest. I was 20 mm. at that time, 19, 20. So they were still, t- my brother and sister were still teenagers. And I'd say I probably dealt with this better at the time than my brother and sister, who've both been great. We all love this. Oh, we don't, love's probably too strong a word, but we are very accepting of having this girl in our mm. life as well. I just choose to live my life moving forward. With one extra sibling. <laughs> at least. <laughs> at least. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. In the aim of serving up interesting and enjoyable content, for the meantime, I've decided to remove all the ads. Creating this podcast is a true labour of love. It's owned and produced independently, not with a big network like most of the successful shows, and there's currently no financial gain in producing it. Each episode can take around 20 hours of prep work before it's released, and I pay an audio editor a substantial fee to edit each episode. Therefore, if you love this free content, I would be so appreciative if you could please leave a five-star review for the show or even just subscribe so you don't miss an episode. That, to me, would mean the absolute world. Maybe you or someone you know has a great story that's worth sharing. If you do, please get in touch via hello at edwinarobertson.com. Next week, We hear a story about the most perplexing way an unfair was brought to light and how a love child was discovered. It is juicy and you won't believe how it all unfolds.